Hey there, leader. Today, today is the day for the first official podcast of Leadership Lost and Found. And today, we're going to talk about influence, how to build it, how to get it, and how to use it. Since this is our first official podcast, we're going to set a tradition. This tradition, for those of you who know me, know that I am a student of history. That's because you're very old and you've lived it. (laughs) We're going to reach back to today in history, uh, to something that happened, and use it to illustrate our, our topic of the day. So today's illustration, or today's moment in history, happened June 18th, 1983, for those of you who remember and were old like me, Sally Ride was the first American woman in space. Hopefully, her actions influenced millions of women women and people to pursue a career, pursue the stars, shoot for the stars even. And as the father of five children, four of them young ladies, I hope they get to go to Mars someday and follow her example. Absolutely. So, Randy, our topic, Influence, came to us from, from one of our you know, fans or listeners, whatever you call him. We'll call him Daryl yes. with quotes around it. Um, <laughs> a highly intelligent guy, but he asked a really, a really interesting question. He said, how do I lead if I'm not in a position of command? How do I exert influence in an organization when I'm not seen as a traditional leader? Well, what we have to talk about a bit maybe is defining what influence is. Level setting, right? Let's agree what influence is. And that would be the ability to have an impact on the trajectory of someone or something. And you can be both a negative or a positive influencer when it comes to that. You know, I, I think about that as well. And what I think is that what you want to do is you want to have a change in mindset, right? What Daryl's asking is, how do I get people to see the right thing? How do I get them to think what I think? And how do I get them to change? You know, it's that impact on the trajectory, right? So people are headed to the left, and you go, I need you to go further left or further right or whatever the, the course trajectory change is. And in that, you have to change their thinking. Mm-hmm. It is, it's more than a command, right? Because mm-hmm. normally, especially you're, you're a military veteran, right? You would look and go, Sergeant, get your ass over to that hill. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's not just a a change in the thinking. It's changing the outcome as well. As a leader, again, you're a force multiplier, and you're going to change not only the thinking but also the culture of an organization. Uh, you know, when you influence things, you're influencing yeah. more than just an individual person. Some in some cases, you're influencing a large organization. Um, we're the master die. Leaders are the master die that cast the yeah. the uh, the shape of the organization and shape for people and and i think that's interesting you call master die but master die can be at different levels i could be the master die for the accounting department mm-hmm. or for the entire company you know jeff bezos if i'm going to use that example is the master die for amazon mm-hmm. but there are people f- leaders underneath him mm-hmm. even leaders that don't have command responsibility or pnl that are are creating influence and setting that template. Mm-hmm. Jeff has gold-plated dice that, <laughs> that then shape entire islands that he owns. Yeah. So influence is important. I mean, influence is a, is a critical thing if you're going to lead. What is critical to influence? What are the critical components to influence, Randy? So I think the 
the three things that stand out foremost are are relationships or connections, uh, yeah. whatever you want to call it, trust, and attitude. So which which of the three do you think are most important? Which one? If I'm a somebody who wants to lead something and it's brand new, and I want to I want to get influence the organization a certain way, what should I focus on? Is it all three evenly? No, the first one, and we're going to have a whole episode on this, is trust. Yeah. Trust is a currency. It I is. think you, you used that, up, that example before. And it's, uh, it has to be spent wisely, it has to be invested wisely, and it can be squandered. Um, yeah. People who trust you are going to be much more willing to follow you. Um, and deep, long-standing relationships help build your trust model, help build your trust bank. And uh, your employees and your fellow coworkers have to trust you. Otherwise, you will never be able to influence them. Fair enough. So we'll focus on the other two, mm-hmm. which are attitude. And relationships and connections. Okay. So where do you tend to start? When you want to influence somebody who, say you're an individual contributor in an organization, where do you tend to focus? If you want to influence change, where do you tend to focus first? And we're leaving trust out of this for our next one, but yeah. where do you go next? Well, I'm a relational guy, so, so relationship and connection is where I always kind of gravitate to first. I want to make a connection with someone or at least uh, engage in a dialogue that can help build a foundation that's going to build trust. There's ways you can do that, um, and it doesn't. Uh, frankly, it, it happens outside of your regular reporting in environment, your regular department meetings. It's getting out away from work, getting out away from your day-to-day activities. That's where you can build the most trust. And I think one of the areas uh, that provides the most opportunity for that, and exists in most places, is employee resource groups or. Um, Groups uh, to define that would be a group of employees that are gathering together. Clubs, whatever you want to call it, right? Veterans, women in technology, you know, just people with similar interests getting together, millennials in downtown, whatever it is, right? With those connections, I think it's important that you build, when you have something that you want to influence, you find those connections that you've known, that you've created, and that, that you can leverage, and you have heartfelt conversations. One of the things, one of the components, and I think it's sort of in what you've got here is attitude, I think, is that passion. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you an example. So I work, as you know, in security, right? And I came up in my career doing a lot of cybersecurity. And I would rail at at leaders about, we, you know, I was like the Lorax. We have to speak for the trees, (laughs) right? And nobody would listen. And I figured out that what I really needed to do was go talk to people that I didn't know well mm-hmm. and build those connections. Go talk to the people who actually owned the data. Mm-hmm. And I would say things to them like, we have to stop treating data like a sculptor treats clay. It's not the medium that we work in. Mm-hmm. It is actually an asset that has value. And, and I wouldn't tell them they have to do something. I would just say, you know, would you leave $10,000 on your printer? Then why would you leave you know, a stack of papers with people's, you know, phone numbers, social security numbers on your printer. You need to start treating it as something of value. And it's not about the subject, is that I kept having those conversations and kept pointing out that, hey, this company did this and they got penalized and this company got hacked because they didn't do this because that medium that you think you're working in is actually value. And I began to 
they would feel my passion mm-hmm. and they would feel the connection, right? It's now, transferable. It's transferable. Yeah. And I think that goes a long way to, to building that influence. They have to feel your passion, have to feel your credibility mm-hmm. to some term or to some point. The trees, the trees, the so truffle, I the trees. speak for the trees. <laughs> and the other aspect I, I think we need to talk about is, is attitude. Um, your attitude or how you treat other people is one of the most important factors uh, of your influence. You have to be honest and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, a former coworker and former influence influencer of both of us, we'll call him Scott in quotes, Scott. <clears throat> would say we are the high priest of ethics. Mm. You know, that there can't even be a hint of immorality among you as security and risk professionals because if our credibility sucks, um, we're not going to be able to influence anybody to make a change in the right. organization. Agreed. Yeah. have to guard your credibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be careful about the things. If you want to become an, oh, God, I hate myself for saying this word, an influencer, not social media, but you want to be somebody <laughs> who can influence inside your organization, you have to guard your credibility. Don't be afraid. There are times where you have to take risks, but your risks need to be measured with the credibility. Randy, I want to switch the conversation a little bit. Credibility, attitude, talked a little bit about passion, but I want to talk about the different types of influence. So we talked about command, mm-hmm. right? Which I'm your manager and I'm telling you, you must, take, mm-hmm. you know, go out and kill that rabbit with the giant teeth. Look at the bones, man, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> can you, and the command part, you know, just because what, what's the line from, um, from Holy Grail, or just because some watery tart gave you yes. a scimitar yeah, doesn't yes. mean you're... Yeah. <laughs> just because some watery tart throws a scimitar at me is no basis for a system of government. Yeah. Exactly right. So what are the... You know, I, I, I'm thinking about the different types of influence, right? So there is direct influence. So if mm-hmm. I think about the relationship, and I think it's a lot about what you're talking about, credibility, relationship, attitude, I have a direct influence over certain people. Right? So I have direct influence over my son. Mm-hmm. I can lean in and go, that is not the car you want to buy. Mm-hmm. Right? Or I'd say, I wouldn't buy that car, and he would take that. Yeah. And then there's that sort of indirect influence. And I think that indirect influence is probably where Daryl is asking this question. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a pointed question. When have you peddled, for lack of a better term, indirect influence? Give me an example. Well, I, I think a better example would be when it was peddled against me, again, being the father of five children and, and four of them very beautiful young ladies. Um, they, they peddle their, their, uh, their cuteness uh, against me <laughs> and, and influence me to do things that, that my wife otherwise would say no, you know, but they know if they come and, um, and, and they, for example, knowing daddy's a physical touch kind of guy, he likes hugs and kisses. Well, if I come along and I hug daddy's neck and I say, daddy, would you please take me to Dairy Queen? Or daddy, would you please take yeah, me down right. to the... Well, it's appealing to me personally. It's appealing to my you know, love language. And I'm really tempted, if not totally, just going to be fold up like a lawn chair and say, fine, I'll take you to do Well, not even fine, I'll take you. It's like, I love ice cream. Yeah, yeah that's right. You're yeah. right. Let's yeah, yeah. go get that's some. What a great <laughs> idea to swim in the middle of the day <laughs> when I have to work. That's a great idea. Let's do that and go get ice cream. Well, you know, and that, that's a good thing, right? I was thinking about all the conversations I've had. And if, I've, if I was trying to think of the same example that I just asked you, mm-hmm. and if I peddled indirect influence, and I think I do it in the terms of, how can I help people personally? 
Mm-hmm. And, it, and I'm not peddling it, right? I am genuinely interested in people and want mm-hmm. to help them. But we spend a lot of time, security awareness, trying to help our employees in their own lives. Yeah. How do we, you know, how do you be more secure doing X, Y, and Z to help us build that credibility, help us build that connection, mm-hmm. help us build that relationship so that when we need something, we can come to them and say, we've done all this good for you. Now I need your help. And that's going to bring me to the second part of this is that I think at a, at a fundamental level, influence is being able to be humble mm. and also being, and I, I mean, we're going to use this word a lot, vulnerable mm. and go to somebody who might be higher in the organization or wield more influence than you and say, I need your help. Yeah. Uh, I, by the way, uh, a great, a great resource on vulnerability. Brene Brown did a TED talk on vulnerability. It's just simply outstanding. If if you want, stop now. Go Google it. Yeah. TED Talk, Brene Brown, Vulnerability. She wrote a good book called Daring to Lead. It's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, you know, I I also, just, just the relational aspect of it, I'm, I'm in the job I'm in now because of the relationship that uh, the person had with me outside of work. Um, because when I cease to be a client of the current company, I then figured they would be done with me. They would have nothing more because my utility to them is right. now gone. Your usefulness, your immediate direct usefulness had come to an end. Right. And then all of a sudden, the same guy, we'll call him Sean, keeps calling me. It's a good fake name. Yeah. And he, he keeps, he's genuinely interested in me. There and are I, stalker laws. There, there are, yeah. Yeah. But it genuine, he was genuine. He was genuinely interested in me. And it went beyond the business relationship. He cared about me as a person. And again, that goes back to, to trust and the credibility. Being straightforward Connection. with people. And, and people know if you don't care. You can't fake caring. So don't try to fake it. I say that often, that people are much more observant or much more understanding of a relationship between two people than you think. They mm-hmm. can sense when you're not telling the truth and they get reluctant. They might override it because you're persuasive, but it's not going to last. And here's the thing, too. If you genuinely care about people, um, but you're not so great at, at, let's just say, general leadership, but you genuinely care about people, that currency will carry you much farther than if you were great at leadership and couldn't give a rip about people. So a lot of our listeners are going to be technologists. Then mm-hmm. I'm going to say that probably if they took Don't the, talk about feelings. If they, they, sorry. They were, if I was going to do the, the, the Briggs and Stra- I'm sorry, the Briggs and Myers test. <laughs> Myers-Briggs, I think it's called, um, they would end up as introverts. That's, yes. Now, now yes. They tend and if they're extroverts, instead of looking at their own shoes, they look at your <laughs> shoes. Your shoes. <laughs> so they're extroverted. And IT I'm not person. saying introverts are shy or anything like that. Introverts are just people who think inside of their head, but they don't talk a lot, right? They will wait until fully formed ideas come out. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of these technologists tend to be shy people. They tend to be people that don't want to talk. They want to solve their problems on a screen. And I'm doing all that to preface the, the idea or the question that if I'm one of those people, if I'm a technologist who is an introvert, who prefers a screen over a person, how do I build connections? Is it just suck it up, buttercup, and learn how to be better? I think there is an element to that. There is. Um, I was on a call today. Uh, I, you know, again, I, we're all remote, right? Everybody's the same distance away. We're all three and a half feet from our screen, right? But the thing is, is even with that, people don't turn on their cameras. 
They won't turn on their cameras. And it's like, look, you don't have to go to work every day and, and you don't have to be a prism perfect, you know, mirror image perfect. But turn on your dang camera so we can relate and talk to each other. And, and it's it's even just as simple as that, getting a little uncomfortable. And and, and that's the thing. If you're introverted, if you're a technologist that, that doesn't like people, just take one step. Because yeah. here's the deal. If you can't do that, then you need to probably stay as an individual contributor. You shouldn't leave. Well, and your opportunities for leadership are going to be limited, yeah. even as an individual contributor. And this is what we're after, what our friend Daryl, mm-hmm. air quotes in place, asked is how do I lead, how do I get influence as an individual contributor? And I think if it's not your comfort zone already, you're gonna have to get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with connections, Mm -hmm. with relationships, Mm -hmm. with vulnerability and trust. I mean, I'm starting to sound like a therapist, but you're gonna have to get comfortable. It's the glasses. It's the glasses. I love. I love the glasses. It's it's a new change for you, and and it it just puts me at ease. I feel like I should be on a couch. Oh my God! Well, they came from the Cheryl Ladd collection. Thanks yeah. for asking. Yeah. Oh, that did make me old. That is who's Cheryl Ladd. Now there's a bunch of people typing. Who is Cheryl Ladd? That's that's what's what they're talking. They're googling it right now. But they're gonna have to get uncomfortable, and that is Daryl. I think I'm gonna point this right to you, buddy. You're gonna have to get uncomfortable. And it's not the uncomfortableness of just one meeting. You're going to have to start thinking outside of your comfort zone and building that sphere of influence from the people you have no influence to, to bringing them to your indirect influence and the people that you have indirect influence to bringing them into your direct influence. Mm -hmm. And by being consistent and vulnerable and credible, building those connections, I think that's how you build that. I agree. Um, so let's take stock. So with Daryl's question, and maybe many of you have the similar question, you know, how you become an influencer. You also you have to take stock of your time. You know, you are the sum total. This has been said many times, but we'll say it here again. You're the sum total of the five people in your life that you spend the most time with. Yeah. So if you sit and look and you say, who are the five people I spend the most time with? And then you inverse that and say, what kind of influence spend so much time with you. <laughs> yeah, I, we've, we <laughs> oh, spend so much time together. I, I forget which one of us is the bad influence. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I don't know. We're, we're lost, hopelessly lost. But who are the five people that you spend the mo- most time with? Because they're going to have a profound influence, a profound impact on the trajectory of your life. So that time is, is a currency and worthy of careful investment. Yeah, agree. So Daryl, to answer that question, the answer is everything we said before, but it's also it's time, it's consistency, it's passion, comfort zone, and really just believing in what you want to do. If you really want to make a change, you really want to influence people, you're going to have to move a little bit. Mm-hmm. You should and, smell good, too. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the other thing. You have to smell good. Deodorant <laughs> is a big plus in influence. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for joining our first ever podcast, our first official podcast. That's right, yes. I'm Jim Desmond. And I'm Randy Fields. And you guys keep leading.